Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Big LA, Big LA, Big Money, Big Willie. When I'm sliding in the mall and you hear me, I'll be slicing with these balls so you feel me. Let me rip it up for cuz in the back. Let me flip it, get a buzz in your hat. I'ma tell you how to cause an attack. Timberland ladies love on the track. Love to get the ice pop champagne. Don't forget I used to ride on the train. When I pump the ride, call my name. Big citizen, pretty 
ain't no shiny dog. Riding with a couple Latin bras and a China doll. And you know how we ball. Right in the shiny gold. Walking in the Zion Mall. Like everything we saw, you know about me. Shot like a boss. Back knot like a boss. Top drop like a boss. On top like a boss. Pay the cost like a boss. When I blow like a boss. Big house like a boss. Left the now like a boss. Who the boss, nigga? Who the motherfucking boss? Who the boss, nigga? Who the motherfucking boss? Who the boss, nigga? Who the motherfucking boss? Who the boss, nigga? You see the motherfucking boss. Slim thug a motherfucker. Drop now, 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 drop now. After realizing to master enterprise that I ain't have to be in school by 10, I then began to encounter with my counter parts of how to burn the block apart. Break it down into sections. Drugs by these selections. Some use pipes, others use ejections. Surrender so separately from the deputy. Quick to grab my Smith and Wesson up my dick. Missing to protect my position, my corner, my layer. While we out here, say the hustler's prayer. If the game shakes me or breaks me, I hope it makes me a better man. Take a better stand, put money in my mom's hand. Get my daughter this college plan so she don't need no man. Stay far from timid, only make moves when your heart's in it. And live the phrase, sky's the limit, motherfucker. Ghost motherfucker, ghost motherfucker, ghost motherfucker, ghost motherfucker, ghost motherfucker, ghost motherfucker, ghost motherfucker. Folks, welcome to an all-new So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your bud, Ryan, and this is your Tuesday episode. How was uh, how was the re-entry to the week? Was it gentle? I hope it was. Uh, I hope we can provide you with some good entertainment today, as we try to do every day. Uh, today, we have an amazing guest. It was the first time I talked to this gentleman, and I immediately became a fan, if I wasn't already a fan before. His name is Anthrodite, and you might know him from YouTube or Twitch or TikTok. Um, he is, uh, he's like a pop culture psychic. He, he says in his YouTube channel that he's a sassy psychic mixing tarot, um, you know, celebrity tarot readings, horoscopes, the whole thing. And he's just a delightful human being. I think you're going to fall in love with him, even if you didn't know about him. And uh, we started off with Vanderpump Rules because he's done videos on that in the past. But then a lot of this focused on Real Housewives of New Jersey, which I thought was fascinating. And especially because the, the reunion... Part two airs tonight, Tuesday night. So I thought, what a great place to talk about this as well. We also talk a little bit about the uh, I Idaho murders just for a, for a bit, and just we even talk a little bit about me, the old uh, the old Ryan Bailey. So I think this is well worth your time. I think you're gonna love this. I loved chatting with him, and it was one of those things where I chatted with him. And I was like, oh, I I, I want to chat with him again sooner rather than later. Um, listen. Let's see here. Where where do we go from here? Yeah, that's it. Uh, five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I sound like a broken record every day, but it really does help. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. By the way, Anthrodite, he kills it on YouTube. The dude has over like 200,000 followers and just keeps growing. We, uh, we're we growing and, and we just hit a huge milestone this weekend that we were very excited about. So go subscribe, be a part of our YouTube audience as well. Uh, and uh, and then the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. I did a solo episode on there on Sunday and then I'll have my summer house recap up for you at some point tomorrow night, I would imagine. 
for part two of the Summer House finale. Um, and we're going to get to Aphrodite here in a second. And then afterwards, I'll probably come back and do maybe just a hair on Summer House after I watch it tonight. Not the full recap, but just a little little taste and maybe some other pop culture stories. Um, I wanted to ask you guys another favor. I know I asked you so much for so much. You got the reviews, you got the Patreon, the YouTube. But uh, um, listen, I, I hate to be a broken record, but this podcast is is most of my life. And, uh, I would, you know, it, it becomes challenging to not talk about things in your life, even though I do try to keep some things to myself and, and, and for myself. But, uh, you guys know, obviously by now what my mom's going through and here's a, a favor, uh, to ask of you. And I hope this doesn't sound too cheesy. I would not even bother you with it, except my mom actually surprisingly made this request today. And, um, I figured, you know what, let's let's uh, throw it out to you guys and see if you would be willing to uh, participate. So my mom isn't doing well, and it's not uh, it's not going to get better at this point. And, uh, you know, still really good in good spirits for the most part. And, uh, you know, I can't really talk too much about it, nor do I, I want to. But we were having a conversation today. And she mentioned, uh, uh, one of the listeners, uh, Megan Rawlings, uh, I've mentioned her name before, she has uh, sent a couple of postcards to my mom. And the last one she sent, I believe, was from Seattle. And my mom found that very uh, beautiful. You know, she can't, she can't do tons anymore, but she really likes, she really, she, she's now brought up this postcard she got last week a couple of times. And she asked, uh, she asked today, she said, hey... I, I really like getting these postcards. Um, and, and I said, well, mom, do, do you want more postcards? Do you, do you want? And, and she was like, well, I, I kind of do. I kind of, I kind I like seeing, you know, where, where people are, are writing from. And I just like the images. And I mean, I'm sure it's much more than that, obviously. Um, but here's what I'm going to do. Uh, you, we did this a couple of years ago. Man, the show, my parents celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary a couple of years ago. And we collected a bunch of happy anniversary cards for their 50th wedding anniversary. And I remember it, my parents, my dad, they still talk about it to this day. I don't know if you guys followed me on Instagram back in the day, but it was during pandemic. And I even have videos of my, my dad being a pussy and totally crying reading these things. Cause we, we surprised them with these letters that we rented a little, um, we rented a little, not a party bus, but like a little van to take us to all of their friends' houses around the neighborhood. It was like, you know, my sister and uh, the kids and, and, and we stopped at each one of their friends' houses because this is during COVID. So we couldn't do a big party for them and they just loved it so much. So if you would be willing, um, and I'll probably say this for the next couple of days on the shows, if you could send my mom a postcard, it doesn't have to even say anything. It doesn't, you don't have to, I mean, listen, don't say like, you know, I'm going to haunt you or anything crazy, but, um, she just wants to see the world or see where you're writing from. And she, uh, she said that really, uh, brought her a lot of happiness. Um, and so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you my parents' address. And I know, uh, I can already hear people going, that's crazy, but I have a, a very good audience that won't mess this up, but I just, I can't have it go through a PO box. It's just, it's too crazy. But my mom has given me permission to give their address. I swear to God, do not make me regret this. You guys. Okay. Their address is three, five, four, six East 
Ravenswood Drive. That's R-A-V-E-N-S-W-O-O-D Drive. And that's Gilbert, Arizona, 85298. And if you could just say, you know, just send a postcard. That's it. Doesn't have to be anything. Just a postcard. Um, and I, I, I would not have. I would not have. She, she legitimately brought this up to me. I didn't mention it at all. And that is shocking for my mom. She just doesn't usually. I don't know. So, and, and I, I will say this: in in doing this, obviously, she's not going to be able to write back. This isn't a pin pal pal situation, but uh, it, it gave her uh, so much happiness. And I wanted to little. If we could provide a little bit more. Um, okay. That's it. That's it. That was, that's the one request. Hopefully you didn't skip over this part. And, uh, now, uh, for the, the remaining portion of our show, let's get right into our guest. Like I said, we'll do some more news stories afterwards, but, uh, I, uh, I was recommended this dude by so many of my listeners and, uh, I, we reached out and he was, he was nice enough to do it. And I, like I said, I just couldn't speak more highly of this gentleman. And it, this runs the pop culture gamut from beef BPR to Jersey. Uh, it goes through all of that. And then on the flip side, we'll talk, we'll talk about little Taylor Swift and Maddie Healy breaking up. So without further ado, here he is. Is Aunt Frodite, and all of his information will be on the show notes. But today, uh, this is very exciting. Uh, I learn from you guys. Uh, I know you say some of you guys say you learn from me, which is ridiculous, but I learn from you. And you guys have been asking me to reach out to my next guest for a very long time. And I know I'm like a fuddy duddy, like I'm learning about tarot and astrology and things like this. It does not come say, you know, this is something that I'm learning about. I've always been scared about it most of my life. And uh, doing all of this, you start to actually meet people that are they're just fascinating. The, the, the skills and the talent they have. And today we get to speak to one of them. You might know him from his insanely amazing YouTube channel. He is considered like the pop culture psychic. I mean, I was just going through his videos on his YouTube channel. Even just in the last week, he had Ice Spice potentially being an industry plant. He had Britney Spears reuniting with his mom, with her mom, which we talked about on the Monday show. He even dipped into Brian Koberger and the Idaho uh, murders, which was so dead on like he because he's saying things that turn out to be completely correct and i know uh he's listening to me going yeah that's what i do but it is still (laughs) shocking because you're like this dude actually knows he's he's just guessing he did a video on vanderpump rules two months ago not really knowing knowing anything about this or the characters involved and he nailed it i mean the first thing he said he was like ariana maddox and he flipped the card and he was like okay daddy issues right there i mean just nailed it right out of the gate and, and in a very respectful way he's i mean he has he says like on the channel he has sass and all that stuff but he's dead on he's got a good heart and i'm so happy to have him here today youtube channel twitch stream website it's all going to be on the show notes but Anphrodite, welcome to the show thank you so much for being here hi thank you for having me thank you for the warm welcome i feel so oh my- honored <laughs> i listen I, I i told people you were coming on and people were freaking out i it's so wild when this community of people they all know you they all think such good things of you how did you even get started doing this was it 2020 when you started uh well honestly i've been doing this for six years uh and so it's it's like kind of weird i literally just started making stuff with just my personality and people would notice like in the corner i had like tarot cards and stuff and someone was like, oh, do you do, do you like do readings? And I was like, uh, I mean, yeah, but I don't know if anyone's interested in that. And then it just took off. And like when it came to like promoting my stuff, I was like, okay, I love pop culture. Let me marry the two together to promote what I do. And that blew up. So it was like kind of an accident. 
I mean, it's, but it, what a beautiful accident. And like, yeah. I mean, I was on your Twitch page and you're going to, I mean, I do a lot of long form podcasting, but you, you know, you're on there three, four hours at a time. Yeah. I mean, how do you do this on a daily basis and just remain like, I can't, does it suck the energy from you or do you get so much energy from it? Um, yeah, no, it's extremely draining. I would say I'm kind of a workaholic and a workhorse. Like yeah. it's difficult when you love what you do. Cause like, it doesn't feel like work. And so like, I mean, I juggle a million things. Like I'm juggling streaming. I'm alive for hours. I'm juggling making YouTube videos, TikTok videos. I mean, doing my private readings on my website, infinite.com. Like I just do so much. <laughs> I do so much. And it's just like, and then I have to juggle my real life, you know? And then I wonder why I'm single, yeah. but <laughs> Wait, what, what's a real life. That's the thing that it's like, I know. I, I was talking about that concept of like the, that old adage of like, if you find what you love, you'll never feel like you did a day of work in your life. But it's That's like, true. we, we both, I mean, it's like, I'll, I'll do this for like 12, 13 hours a day. And I, I mean, I've never been more fulfilled, but it is so weirdly draining and to stay in this and with pop culture, especially there is something happening every minute, every hour. (laughs) And we've never been like this in terms of pop culture because of the access to social media and things like YouTube. Um, What do you like? Where do you go? Like, how do you know which topics to cover? Is it, is it audience based? Is it a feeling that you have? Um, it's mostly audience based, uh, especially now. Cause I feel like when I first started, it was easier for me to keep up. But now because I do so many things, sometimes it's hard. Um, I would say it's probably 90% audience based. I will ask people like what's being talked about. And then 10% is like stuff that I think is interesting or that I think people would be interested in. Um, and just so you know, if you don't go to the YouTube channel, if you're just listening to this, not watching it, go to his YouTube channel. It is so beautifully produced because he has like the camera on the cards when the flip mm-hmm. of the cards, it really is. And I know I geek out about things like that and it might not be of interest to you guys, but I think it is a beautiful production. You know, creating your own content is the way to go. He has his own TV show multiple times a day <laughs> and it potentially gets more viewers than really basic cable stations. So <laughs> it's true. Thank you. Um, thank you. But you also have just such a great look the vibe your bedroom your chair it's so vibrant and colorful i'm gonna stop kissing your ass right now because i'm sure <laughs> you could do it forever <laughs> so um uh let's get into uh vanderpump rules if we can okay sure um now you did this reading like i said uh two months ago or uh you know right when this stuff was breaking and just to refresh your memory because i don't believe you're watching but we had a cheating scandal between Ariana Maddox, Tom Sandoval, and this girl, Raquel Levis, who her actual name is Rachel. Okay. And you had, you know, you, you were very accurate in, in what you said about this. You said Tom was very insecure. That was uh, something that you had picked up on. Uh, yeah. You had also, uh, you said, you know, sensitive, insecure person. You had mentioned, you said Ariana is potentially bossy or she wore the pants in that relationship and that attacked his insecurity, which I thought was just so genius. And you nailed, mm-hmm. um, what I would like to talk about with you is, is we have the second part of the reunion. And I want to just start with, there's supposedly a big surprise coming out at this reunion that the cast does not know about. That is something happening between Raquel, Tom, and Ariana, but it's something so devastating that people might not sign up to be on season 11 of Vanderpump Rules. Okay. Is there any kind of thing that you can, uh, I don't even know how to ask you this. Is there any way you can get a, a prediction or a vibe or, or can the cards tell us anything about what direction this might be headed in that would be so shocking? Well, 
I've gotten a lot of like people are like were like throwing chairs at me for that reading. Uh, because <laughs> Wait, why? Were, because they were like, "You're not on team this person," or "You're not on that." Team. I was like, <laughs> first of all, like there's like twelve people involved, and I'm like so confused. But honestly. First of all, I, there's no way none of them are signing back on. The money's too good. Sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm like yeah. not born yesterday. Um, <laughs> that's all PR as far as yep. I'm concerned. Um, but what I remember specifically about that reading is that I don't understand why everyone is so like gung-ho to go after Rachel or whatever her name is. Raquel, sorry. Raquel, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't understand why people are so like aggressively going after her. And maybe it's because I don't watch the show, but from my perspective in tarot, I don't think Ariana didn't know what was going on. And that's something that I'm going to stand behind. Like, I think she was in denial, but I don't think that she was like, oh my God, I'm blindsided. I'm pretty sure like the two of them were kind of like, to me, their relationship reminds me a lot of people who are in dead bedrooms who are just like chilling and like coasting and it's not really emotional or sexual. And it's kind of just like, there so i mean if i were to take a intuitive guess in terms of like who's going to drop a bombshell i mean it depends on your opinion of what a bombshell is because it for me i would be more interested in what ariana is going to say if she's going to be honest because i definitely think that she knew more than she's pretending that she she didn't know you know what i mean no i totally know what you mean but also it is funny that you say that about kind of dead, you know, dead relationships in the sense of like separate lives, but a lot of relationships are like that, that, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of relationships are very just, this is our pattern. This is our thing. But then you introduce this new element of a cheating element. So when you say she potentially knew, do you think she knew specifically, or she just didn't open her eyes to the reality of that situation that was actually in front of her face? Um, I mean, I'm of the opinion that I think pretty much every girl knows, but whatever. Um, I think that when it comes to the specific, maybe she didn't know that it was her, but I'm sure she had a hunch and I'm sure she knew that he was wandering. I just, from what I see, she's too smart, too savvy, um, and too on it to not realize what was going on. Um, but I do think that it's a big benefit to pretend like you are completely in the dark because everyone's going to rally and it's a great way to get back at him. Not that he's innocent, but what I'm saying is like, that's the perfect play in my opinion to like stick it to him. Could it have been a surprise that it was with one of her best friends, Raquel, or do you think she was potentially aware that it was her? I mean, again, I don't watch the show, so maybe the fans will get mad at me. But I, not, I love it. Just say, no, this is great. Not, this is perfect that you don't watch the show. Actually. You're not going to convince me that those two are best friends. Sorry. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> that's, in my opinion, bullshit. But whatever. I mean, if they say it, then they say it. But um, to me, I definitely think that there was a back and forth between those two way before she ever was interested in Tom. A back and forth right, Raquel, between Raquel and Ariana way before Raquel did anything with Tom. Okay. Yeah. There's um, a game between the two of them for sure. Yeah. You had mentioned something in that initial uh, reading that you were saying that uh, Raquel potentially really didn't care for Ariana in a lot of ways or didn't respect her in the ways that a friend would respect a friend potentially. To me, the energy was like who you pretend to be versus who you are not exactly in alignment. That's like how yeah. I felt like Raquel was feeling towards Ariana. 
Now, I know you don't watch the show, but from my perspective for Raquel, Rachel, um, mm-hmm. she's the big question mark in all of this for me. Like, Tom is very easy to read, and I think it was very easy for you to read with even the cards you were. Very easy. Ariana, very strong. You know, not right. easy to read, but uh, you can see what's going on. With Raquel, she's always the big question mark for all of us because she doesn't She doesn't really speak. She spe- When she speaks, it's a very insecure voice. She doesn't really uh, communicate effectively. So she's the big question mark. Is there anything that you could potentially tell us or feel like, because we don't know what's going on with her and she's hidden away. She's uh, supposedly in a mental health facility uh, because of all of this, but we don't know. She's remained quiet. Everybody else is talking, talking, talking. She's the big question mark. Is there anything that you're picking up on or Anything specifically I mean, we could ask? Isn't it so funny, the society we live in, that the girl is getting all of the blame and not the guy? I know. Is it? He's out there on the road. He's like with his cover band on the road with his Making shirt money. off. Like, I, well, so barely, but it. he's there. Yeah, I'm so sick of it. That's why when everyone's like, she's a terrible person, I'm just like, um, okay, maybe you should look inwards. But anyways, regardless, um, honestly, she read as a bit naive and vulnerable to me. Um, I saw her as someone that kind of is, how do I word this? Um, A lot of girls grow up and are sort of conditioned to sort of like look up to a man or look for a man to save them or protect them, like a princess syndrome. And I think she has that. So I think for her, a lot of her self-worth is tied to what a man can help her with or do for her. Um, And so I think when it came to that dynamic between the two of them, I think she was hurt and broken and lost. And I think he was there to kind of swoop in. Um, And so, I mean, obviously it takes two to tango and I don't think she was innocent, but I also think that there's a part of her that's kind of just looking to be saved. Um, I think she also wanted to stick it to Ariana. So, dude, you nailed that first part. So, because you don't watch the show, she was with this guy, DJ James Kennedy, that was on the show. And like, she does look for, and even that's a talked about in the, was the finale was that she's trying to find her identity in these men. And it is this person. And Tom Sandoval was there to be like, you're the best. You're amazing. You know, pumping you up. I mean, you nailed that. How much doing what you do though, is that, you know, it's, you know, you're, you're doing tarot and there's, you know, how much is it just, you're just so intuitive, you know, actually how human nature works, how, what is the marriage of those two things? Like how much is it just, you just know how to read people and how much it, it, of it is the cards and the stars and things of that nature? Um, tarot is a language and I'm able to interpret it. That's how I look at it. Um, I don't have an inner dialogue. Um, I only see pictures and so visuals really help me. And I think for me, tarot cards are kind of like a guiding tool. You know, when you, th- you have like bumpers in bowling, that's kind of what it's like for me. I'm throwing the ball and the bumpers are the cards kind of knocking me in the right direction and making sure I hit the pins at the end. So for me, um, it's just a language. Um, I also see patterns. So like I've been doing this for years. So I, everyone pretty much fits a similar pattern. So once I catch on to the energy of the pattern, I can kind of tell what this person is like based off of previous people. Did that used to scare you that you were a person that just saw images instead of having an inner dialogue when, when you were younger? Was that something that was like, oh, wow, I think I might think a little differently than other people? It's funny because I didn't really realize that that wasn't normal. I thought we were like, <laughs> we're like, oh, like, you know, the voice in my head, whatever. And I was just like, oh, OK, I thought it was like a figure of speech. It wasn't until I was in my like mid 20s where I was like, oh, wait, I'm weird. And like, honestly, I wish I would have known earlier because I think a lot of my struggles in school were because of that. Um, you know, maybe we should, uh, test for that or something. I don't know. But <laughs> Regardless, I think for me, it doesn't really scare me, but it scares other people because I am 
like when I first meet people, sometimes stuff just flies out of my mouth and I just like say things about them and they get very like, oh, what the hell? And I'm like, oh shit, like, oops, especially if I'm like <laughs> drinking. I'm just like, <laughs> literally, 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 it's so bad. Like I can give you a great example. The other day I was at a bar with my friend and we were drinking, just having a good time. And these um, workers, they look like construction workers came by and she was like, what's going on? And I just was like, oh, someone's stuck. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, someone's stuck in the elevator. Literally someone was stuck in the elevator. And she's like, how the hell did you know that? I was like, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> so it's just like yeah. weird, weird stuff like that just happens to me. So it's just all a part of me. I don't know. I'm weird. Uh, no, I mean, that's beautiful. It's not weird. I mean, it's maybe considered weird, but what a gift, what a cool thing that you have. I mean, that's, is there a one pop culture story that you've covered? Like I'm obsessed with Vanderpump rules. A lot of the people uh -huh. listening are obsessed with Vanderpump rules. Is there one pop culture story, uh, in the last six years that you've been obsessed with? Like, you're like, I don't even care that I'm doing this. Like I'm doing this for myself. Um, I mean, I love Britney, so I think anything Britney related, Britney Spears. Um, but also, I don't know, I find interesting things in everything. Like for me, celebrities are not as interesting as normal people for me. Um, so when it comes to pop culture moments, it's more about like, it, like, uh, something that I can dive into the mind of somebody. So true crime is very, very fun for me because I'm learning. First of all, it's hard as it's like the hardest thing I could possibly do. It's super challenging and I love challenging things, you know, celebrity stuff. I can do it in my sleep, but like true crime is like so difficult. And for me, I'm always trying to get better and better and better. So like, if I'm wrong with something, it excites me. Cause I'm like, Ooh, I can figure out like what I was missing and, you know, for the next time and stuff. So I really think for me, it's probably going to be any of the true crime cases I did, like the Gabby Petito case, which I was extremely accurate about, or the Brian Kohlberger Idaho four case, which I was extremely accurate about. Like those are even the Shankola Robinson case, which I'm still angry about. I'm going to talk about it justice for Shankola Robinson, but whatever, like those are the cases that I think, and the stuff that I do that really, really, really like is exciting for me and challenging. Yeah. And that Brian Koberger thing I was watching and you like, you were nailing things right and left. You were like, Oh, he got, uh, I think he, you know, didn't he get in trouble for something like, you know, something that he did or he talked back to, I mean, you were nailing these very specific things just by looking at the cards well, or, you know, that process. The one before that, I pretty much describe him before they had any suspect or anything. I literally was like, this is the person that I think did it. And it describes him like that one. When I watch it back myself, I get goosebumps. It was the first Idaho four reading I did. Um, and it was like, it kind of scared me so much that I was kind of scared to do another one because I was like, uh, I don't want to like somehow get this video to the wrong person and ruin the case. You know what I mean? Not that that's yeah. the odds, no, are no. Slim, but still I was like in my delusional era, like, Oh my God, what if, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I love what you say, though, about like, you know, you're fascinated with actual real people, you know, pop culture is a an entrance point that you can actually talk about human behavior. And yeah. I think that's what a lot of us love about reality TV when it's done. Oh, yeah, you know, done in a way that actually, you know, you can talk about these archetypes and these characters and you can relate it to your own experience. Um, there's a couple of other characters in Vanderpump Rules. There's this guy, DJ James Kennedy. He I always just have to say DJ James Kennedy because he's British. Okay. He's cheated a bunch in the past, very cocky, but he has a lot of like, you know, he has like, you know, his parents were divorced. There's a lot of trauma in his background, even though he refuses to admit that he's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm a very, you know, like he doesn't want to go to therapy. He's uh, with a girl named Allie. He used to be with that girl, Raquel, with Raquel, who is now with Tom, allegedly. Um, but there's this other character, Lala, and Lala is all tough talking. She's like, yo, what's up? You know, like always talking about her hoo-ha and getting effed and all of this stuff. She used uh. to be with this producer, Randall Emmett, who they are now split up because he was a complete creep, like a mini Harvey Weinstein. But oh. those two 
DJ James Kennedy and Lala, very strong personalities. They used to hook up, never dated. But a lot of people wanted me to ask you, do you think there is a future romantically for Lala and DJ James Kennedy? I'll pull like one or two cards. <laughs> You're like, ah, yeah, I guess I'll that pull sounds, yeah, that yeah. sounds a little ridiculous to me. I, I don't know. I, I mean, look, I, I, for me, it's like when I'm dealing with a reality star, I always default to like whatever's going to get me the most attention. So, like for me, like my initial instinct with my intuition is like if they needed a lifeline to get on the show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which maybe is not what people want to hear, but I mean, I'll do it really quick. So. Um, so are they both single? No, no. Alala okay. is single. DJ James Kennedy's with this girl named Allie now who just got introduced on the show. This Okay. Season. Well, so the Lala is the page of wands, which to me, that's like someone who's very honest and forward, which makes sense with what you said. Yeah. Uh, and then the page of cups is the other one, DJ Kennedy, whatever. So that's why I asked if he's single or not, just because page of cups to me would be like, I'm emotionally invested in someone. So, and then between the two of them and the ace, is the Ace of Wands, the return of something old. So there is something that they did after they broke up. Yes. I mean, well, they, well, actually they never really officially were together, but they were with other people when they did cheat on their respective partners with each other years ago, but they were like the terrible twosome. They would just hang out, drink and start crap with the other cast members. So they're very, very strong personalities, but they never officially got together, but people are wondering if there was a future for them down the line. Well, they did it more than once. That's what this is. Yeah. Allegedly for entertainers only. But for me, with the Ace of Wands, that tells me more. It happened more times than you know about. Like this is like a yes. recent, like I don't know if they were together with other people at the time. But when Ace of Wands is reversed, a lot of times that's like allegedly that's about them coming back together when yes. people don't know. So it would be okay. something you don't know about yet. So something happened between them that you don't know about. That's perfect. That's what we want in reality television. We want these big surprises and they are great at self-producing. They are just like, they very acid tongues, both of them okay. um, to move it to real housewives of New Jersey for a second. Uh, they My had, favorite show, by the way. Okay. Did you watch this, this season? Yes. Um, okay. Jersey is my favorite housewives. So they had the first part of the reunion last night, you guys. And it was a mess. Just like we are still in this, 15 years ago, Melissa, Teresa, Joey, but also the fascinating thing for us, I think as an audience is Teresa and Louie got married. Their marriage was on TV last week. And there's so many question marks about Louis Ruelas. I don't know if I'm saying his last name correctly. What is your, I mean, you're a fan of this show. So as right. a fan, what do you feel like? And then as a professional, what do you feel like? So I've been contemplating do a whole doing a whole video on oh, you got Jersey, and I think I am. I was just I literally was thinking about this week after the reunion. I was like, okay, I think it's time to do a video on Melissa and Teresa and stuff, which will probably be my next video. Um, but here's my take. Okay, first of all, and this is this is strictly from an intuitive perspective because my personal opinion is, is slightly different. From an intuitive perspective, to me, it looks like. Louis and Teresa have a tremendous amount of chemistry. How they got together is 
irrelevant. At least that's from my perspective. Like I know a lot of people are like, oh, he was trying to sleep with all these other people. He's a guy. Of course he's trying to do that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just like, it's like to me, it's like, whatever, like, especially from an intuitive perspective, it doesn't always matter. Um, obviously I haven't done a full reading to see what his true intentions are, but from what it looks like for me, it just looks like the two of them have an intense amount of chemistry. And so sometimes when you have an intense amount of chemistry, it, it's hard for you to hear what's going on or see what's going on. So when she says love bubble, yeah, it's maybe it's possible he's love bombing her. I mean, I'd have to actually do a full spread, which would take forever. But I think from my perspective and my intuitive energy, it's just two people that have an intense chemistry and it's explosive. Um, in terms okay. of the dynamic between like, the housewives, I think that it's easier to put a focus on Louie than it is to put a focus on their own relationships. And I think Teresa is inarticulate. So they take advantage of the fact that she doesn't know how to defend herself <laughs> and she doesn't know how to volley it back. And then everyone just points a finger at her. She's the villain. We all go home and no one talks about all the horrible things that the other ones have done. That's fascinating. What I mean, you know, you, you the inarticulate thing. I keep coming back to Teresa because nobody can argue that Teresa is a Mount Rushmore housewife. She is no, I mean, like honestly, like one of the greatest of all times. But season after season, it sometimes gets frustrating because she cannot effectively communicate. There no. also is something not connecting in her brain. So even when she gets angry, she just sees red and she just says the weirdest <laughs> things that don't. So it's even not sometimes fun to argue with her or watch the argument because you're never going to get a resolution. You, you nailed it with the Louie thing because Louie is new. Louie is somebody new that you can actually point to, but also Louie has a very dark past if you look into it. So, yeah. but you're right though. That's what I keep like, uh, I, uh, they do look what they do look happy. And I know looks can sometimes be deceiving, but they seem to be in that love bubble. Now I don't know if that love bubble will ever burst, but it seems very genuine. I just, I also still am waiting for that other shoe to drop with Louie. Well, here's um, the thing, right? All of the issues that everyone has had with Louie are things that were happening before he got there. That's my problem, okay? So, like, for instance, when they brought up that weird video, whatever, that was from years ago. Honestly, he's a weirdo. Like, whatever. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Is that, like, a crime that he's yeah. a weirdo? No. Um, uh, you know, he's like his mom's a therapist, whatever. So he has weird therapist terms that he used. I mean, whatever. It's cringe. It's not really, you know, cool, yeah. but fine, whatever. You know what I mean? And then like the bad business. I mean, have we not seen Joe Gorga get into so many issues with his business allegedly in the past? Like it may not have been <laughs> on the show, but I'm sure we all saw the headlines. So for me, it's like, wow, <laughs> another one that the Gorgas have had issues with. You know what I mean? I mean, look, yeah. Like, you know, Melissa's business and all the issues with the bags, the alleged fake bags and stuff like that, that I saw on my Twitter. And Envy, then I'm sitting yeah. Here, yeah. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, that's not on the show. So it's like weird that we're like, oh no, this pizza oven. I'm like, I really don't care that much about that because to me, there's a pattern with, maybe there's a pattern with him, but there's also a pattern with you. And then we look at Margaret and all of the issues that she's had, the alleged lawsuits <laughs> and stuff. And I'm like, why aren't we talking about this in business? Why are we talking about Louie? So for me, it's like, yeah, I think it's interesting to talk about it with Louie, but I always, as a viewer i'm always confused why i don't see anyone else having to answer for their stuff and i think that's kind of the issue and why the show is on pause i don't think the show is on pause because melissa and Teresa won't work together i think that's a part of it but i think the show is on pause because the the audience is frustrated and i think yes. they're realizing that the audience is frustrated the producers are not paying a close enough attention to what the audience wants yeah that that's that's it exactly, dude. I mean, and I love that you're coming from that fan perspective because that that is it. We we keep hitting the same pavement again and again and again, and it really 
you know, I even I I like both Danielle and Rachel Fuda. I mm-hmm. didn't, I, but I actually want to see more of them. I don't want to keep getting trapped in this Teresa Melissa muck in the mire. It's but not the same, Teresa versus Melissa though. See, this is who, where Teresa people are Joe. realizing. No, no, it's Teresa versus Margaret, and that's where and people aren't paying attention. That's where nobody's paying attention because I, in my opinion, Margaret is the one that is pushing exact pushing uh, Melissa to do what she's doing. That's what I think. I, no, I, I, that, that, no, this is amazing. Cause then it's like, she really is that puppet master behind the scenes that we sometimes completely write off and she's able to escape. Uh, oh yeah. Well, because uh, here, here's the thing, here's the thing, right? Um, one of the problems with the show right now is that it's an, in, when you're watching it, the audience feels like their intelligence is being insulted because what is being talked about on camera is not what is happening in reality. Right. And that happens when, when uh, housewives overproduce or themselves or self-produce themselves. Yeah. And so the problem with the show is that when you're a viewer, Bravo's viewer, viewer base is very intelligent, very educated yes. for the most part and <laughs> um, older. And so we're watching this and we're not stupid. And I think people like Margaret are overplaying their hand. Um, I, I loved Margaret, but I think this season in particular, she's just angry and bitter and I can't stand her. Like, and I, I'm hoping next season she will be sweeter and, and funnier. You know what I mean? It seems like something's going on in her life. That's making her angry and it's showing on camera. And I also think she's too busy trying to control the narrative. And so I think the problem really is, is that the producers need to rein the housewives in and say, you're talking about this. And if you're not talking about this, you need to go. Will you produce the next season of Real Housewives of New Jersey? <laughs> I feel like you, I mean, you have such a clear understanding of this, but I love, I, you know, I, I don't think you watch a show called Summer House on Bravo, no. but they just had their reunion this week as well. And they kept bringing up production in the reunion. And I'm like, if we're going to keep talking about production, I want production to actually be involved. I want to know right. why these decisions are made. And I also want to know, like, so you're saying if you, like, if you were production next season on Jersey, what right. would you immediately go in and do right now? Okay, well, first things first, I would get rid of Melissa or make her a friend of, just for the simple fact of, as a viewer, again, I actually like Melissa, shockingly yeah. enough. I really do. Yeah. I think that she's funny. She's fun. I like when she's having fun with the girls and getting drunk. I think she was great on Ultimate Girls Trip. I really do like her. But at this point, it seems like she's unwilling to give us her reality, you know, all the fake storylines we've seen of her. Um, I like her in group settings, but individually, she's not interesting. So for me, I would get rid of her just for one season to see what happens. Um, I think she could be brought back the next season, but I think one season without her is fine. I would specifically tell Rachel that if you're coming back, you need to make sure you get out of Margaret's ass, just because it seems like for me, when when these women are divided, new people have to feel like they pick a side. Um, and it just makes the whole show really difficult to watch. I think Danielle did a good job of trying to integrate herself into the other people. It didn't work, but she did. She has a relationship with all of them. Rachel doesn't have a relationship with, with Dolores. She didn't have, at least on camera, she didn't have a relationship with Teresa. And her and Jen talked about noses you know what i mean so for me it's like i think she really needs i think she needs a producer push to be like because it seems to me rachel seems like she'll do whatever the producers ask that's the vibe i get from her so for me it's like next season i need her to kind of try to connect with all the other girls it's hard when you're like i'm on this side and i'm on this side and i think rachel did a first season housewife mistake which is like i'm super loyal and everyone's gonna see me as loyal and it's like that's not what the show's about so that's what i would do jen aiden i feel like jen aiden has been like completely uh uh 
you know, I feel like she's been a non-entity this season. I feel like, <laughs> but true. I mean, I, I feel like you I had love the her, bill. But it's you, true. Yeah, but like, I mean, you'd love her, but then where what? You know, you had the the husband thing, which obviously she's not getting over anytime soon, which is fine. But then right. being one of Teresa's foot soldiers in a way, you know, has not done her justice because she no. is such a dynamic character. And I felt she took a back seat this season when I thought this season she would actually be stronger. She would rot. Like we, we effectively didn't have a big Jen Aiden season, but uh, it is interesting. That thing of Teresa and Margaret, I keep thinking about that, of that kind of toe to toe They're uh, They come out in different ways. The Jersey fan base though is so intense. Like if you go on oh, Twitter yeah. and I mean, they're, I mean, they're going to arrest, they're going to arrest everybody on Jersey because of that fan base. They are, they're unlocking every secret, every bad business deal. Cause you I said know. like, well, they don't talk about these business deals or if like Gorgas and all that on the show. Well, they sure talk about them online. Cause I see I receipts for everything. They're everywhere. But it's like, you watch like the real housewives of Potomac and everything like that. And they talk about all that stuff and they don't on Jersey. And in, here's the thing about this season, and I and I'll give this to Margaret and Jennifer because I think they both, I think both of them struggled this season because I do think there were other storylines and they they weren't shown to us. I think production made a decision where they were like, we're going to focus on Melissa versus Teresa and everyone else is the support. So I really don't think it was necessarily 100 either of their faults. I think it was just like they, I think production overplayed their hand. I think Melissa overplayed her hand, and I think Margaret overplayed her hand in terms of like we're not talking about our stuff. So if you refuse to talk about your stuff they can only talk about the things that other people are willing to talk about. So if we're, if the only thing anyone wants to talk about is Louie, then the whole thing is going to be focused on Louie. So it backfires on them. I think that's really what happened. Now is my favorite part of the show. When we get to talk about our sponsor for this week and our sponsor once again is our friends over at ship station. I was so excited when they signed on to uh, to advertise on here because first off, I do believe in this product. And secondly, as I've said before, one of their other spokespeople is Miss Shannon Bedore, who uses ShipStation like I do to send all of their very, very important shipping tasks, all of their mail. Um, listen, automation is kind of something that I'm needing to do more with all of my processes. You know, think about the thing in life that you want to automate. For me, when I think about it, I'm like, oh, okay. So I do the podcast, I talk all of this stuff, but then afterwards I got to do the audio processing. I got to upload. I got to put all the tags on. I got to write the show description. And it kind of sucks the joy out of sometimes the actual task itself. Just talking to you guys. Now, we live in an increasingly automated world, but some things, they still do require this tedious manual work like I'm talking about. But luckily, for e-commerce business owners, shipping is no longer a manual task thanks to ShipStation. Because you can save time automating your shipping and your returns in the ShipStation dashboard while keeping costs down with industry-leading discounts. Now, for me... I'm going to be using this for all of our Patreon mailings. Uh, I, I potentially, when we actually, we have the web store right now and we're thinking about potentially switching companies to make this easier, but this would be great specifically to use ShipStation 4 because you would be able to do everything from one of the coolest dashboards that I've seen. I'll walk you guys through that in a second. Um, also, just so you know, you do get a free trial and it's a really quick setup if you want to check it out, which I hope you guys will all do. But now is that time to try ShipStation out 
if you have been on the fence. Now, the shipping rates are crazy compared to what you pay before you used it. You will be saving a great deal of money. I mean, you can get up to 84% off USPS and UPS rates. That's crazy. 84%? I just recently had Hello Harlot, who has an amazing uh, web store and, and all that. And this is exactly what she should use. This is it. For, you know, these businesses, these online businesses, especially if you are a startup of some sort, you know, this is the company to use. I mean, because it is effortless. It integrates with everything when you sell online. It in integrates with Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Shopify, all of them. You can manage every order from this one simple dashboard. And that means you print shipping labels. You can easily compare rates and delivery times to optimize every shipment and automate delivery notifications. And with enterprise solutions that make warehouse optimization easy, ShipStation scales when you do. I mean, this is a one-stop shop to get your product out in this timely, efficient, and economically efficient way. Um, like I said, you get 84% off in some cases. Uh, and if that's not enough, use my promo code to try ShipStation for free for two whole months. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce business with ShipStation, and 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. Because that's what we want. We want somebody to take away to take away these little things that we don't want to worry about because we we have all this other stuff to worry about. Let ShipStation do this part of your job for you. I highly recommend it. So spend more time growing your business when you automate shipping tasks with ShipStation. Go to ShipStation.com and use code SOBAD today and sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com code SOBAD. Now, I'm going to put the links in the description. It'll also have a link to uh, a video if you, if you want to check that out as well. But do it. See if it works for you. I think it will. And uh, yeah, tell them so bad. So bad it's good sent you. You know, I think this is, this is exactly what you need. Folks, summer is just around the corner. So it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. And luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad.
Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Anyways, back for the remaining portion of our show. Well, when you do your Jersey video, will you please pull some cards for Louis and see oh, what, yeah, totally. like, it's gonna be what the energy is there for him? Because that's the big, it's not a question mark. I just, I am so, you know, you, you can't disregard all of those stories. And I do think they present as very happy. And I think they probably are very happy, but I sometimes feel that he has inner demons that he cannot control. And that is why he does so much self-help work. That's why he's always on like, you know, retreats and men's retreats and trying to really figure out potentially the demons and to quiet those voices inside his head. Here's one thing I will say though. And I say this with respect because I do love Teresa, but Teresa is not an angel and she's not hundred percent innocent. And sometimes the energy we put out, we attract. And so that's something that I always keep in mind with her as much as she, she's my favorite housewife, but as much as I would say, you know, as much as I would love her, I would say, you know, sometimes you get what you give. So that is something that I'm curious about when I, I'm going to do this reading, but I'm curious myself. Cause I'm like, how much of it is, you know, an energetic you know, exchange, like, did you put this out and it came back to you? Maybe she's a victim, you know, obviously I don't know. I would have to do the reading, but you know, she's not innocent. So it doesn't shock me. You know, I mean, think about it, right? Teresa has a giant personality and she's, you know, super, you know, uh, explosive. So is Louie. So it's like, like attracts like sometimes. So it's interesting. It's, it's not, it's complicated. I don't think it's black and white. Uh, what's it like being sane? Because you have very <laughs> sane opinions. You know, is it? No, but I like, I want to point out to the audience, this is how you do it though. You can actually ha- be a huge fan of somebody and still actually point out realities in their lives. Nobody yeah. is a hundred percent perfect and nobody is a hundred percent bad, but like, that's like the, what you got to do is that like, I'm a huge fan of this person. These are kind of what I do see though, that I might potentially have held her back in the past or might hold her back in the future. I love that the reunion started off with uh Joji Udici calling in of like, Teresha, just, <laughs> Does Bill Aiden do uh, under bad guys? Does he do that? Like, I'm like, you get the sense that they fully still are in each other's lives. I find oh, that also sure. very interesting. Well, I also think, I also think, I mean, look, I mean, Teresa has never liked Melissa. That's obvious. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Italian. So I already know like Teresa is like everyone <laughs> in my family. I already know, like as soon as Melissa walked in, she never had a chance with Teresa. That's obvious. So the Joey Teresa, I know it's brother, sister, sibling relationship, but that is so intense too. It's like, it's like there is this deep passion between them. And I'm, I don't mean anything disgusting or something, no, but yeah. it is sometimes like scorned lovers. It's, it's like, it's so like you did, you broke my heart. You know, it is so passionate. I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's that Teresa is the older sister and they're old school Italians. And so she's his second mom. So he's just lashing out his mom and he has mommy issues. That's literally what it is. It's pretty much every Italian man. That's just the dynamic. But you're old school Italian and you know that Melissa and her mom, her mom should have been invited to that wedding to get uh, from the jump. I'm going to be honest with you. That was, to me, that was complete fabricated storyline. There's like, there's no way you're going to get me to believe that either of them cared about that. Like, I think Teresa was just like, oh, this will be good for the show. I think Melissa was just like, I don't, this is like my great battle. Like, as far as I'm concerned, that entire argument over the mom, 
I don't think yeah. either of them cared. That's that. That's the problem, though, with why this isn't entertaining. We both know they can't stand each other. We both know that the little things that they're doing is to get one over on one, and it's boring because we're like, Teresa hates yeah. her, Melissa hates her, like for different reasons. And Melissa, I don't think Melissa thinks that Teresa's trying to ruin her marriage. I think Melissa just hates the fact that Teresa's always hated her. Yeah. I mean, it's that thing. It's that itch that you'll never be able to scratch. It, it can never be fixed. And Literally. that, you know, and sometimes you just have to accept that some people just don't like you and they're mm-hmm. never going to like you. It could be the cut of your jib. It's not even something that you did. It could just be a feeling, a vibe. And that's, that's yeah. so hard to accept for some people. Um, do you have a minute to talk about Kardashians or you got oh, yeah, to, totally. okay. Okay. Thank By the way, um, I want to plug everything. It's Aphrodite.com. You can get a personal reading. So this is a great gift for yourself, but it's also potentially a great gift for a loved one. Like, do you have the most, like, are, are those fun for you? Because you do like just normal people. Like you said, oh, yeah. you know, I'm fascinated with normal people. Are those scary or fun for you? No, they're fun because like people will just like submit a little bit of information. I send them a video. So it's like really fun for me. Yeah. I bet you're the type of person too that like you'll get those messages like a year later of like you changed my life. All the time. Like, that yeah. reading changed my life. That's my favorite oh. part of what I do. That's I love that. Um, okay, so Kardashians. Mm-hmm. They had the premiere of their season three of their Hulu show this past week. But, you know, it, it felt weird because on the run up to this, we usually have so much Kardashian pop culture air that is being sucked in by them. And it doesn't seem... Or just the vibe and the feeling I've gotten is it's not like they're purposely taking a step back, but it seems uh, just uncertain of where they go from here. And I don't know if I'm just personally reading into that or that's the reality. Um, What is your take on the Kardashians, which I know could be a six hour take, but right now, what is your take on them? Okay, so um, I've been indifferent to them. I mean, Kardashian content is great for anybody who does anything pop culture. People are obsessed with them. They love to hate them. Um, I not really invested and never have been. Here's my opinion. I just think that they owned an era and I don't think they know how to adapt or survive. Um, And so for me, times are changing and they're just not, they're not cool. That is the problem. And they're not cool because they're too wealthy and successful. That's really what it boils down to. I think they're not relatable at all anymore. And I think that, They're trying to push the children next, which is smart, and I think it will keep them going. But I also think that their core fan base is not as interested in child, you know, their child, their children as much as they thought they would be. Um, You know, I think especially because we're going to start having conversations that I've seen in my own readings about, you know, what is acceptable for children in terms of content, you know, or in terms of, you know, putting them in front of a camera and stuff like that. I think it's gonna be a big cultural topic that we start having more and more conversations about in the next coming years. Um, and maybe they'll ride that controversy wave. But for me, they're just not cool, period. Like, it's not cool. Kylie Lip Kits used to be cool. Now they're not cool. Um, Kim used to be cool. Now she's not cool. Like, that's it. And it's it's not even shade because they're massively successful. So who cares? Yeah. I mean, they're but, still fine. but they're just not cool. Their cool factor is gone. And I think that just happens. You know, you're an it girl for a while. I think they were, uh, had a really great run. And now I think they're just going to coast on their businesses. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. 
you mentioned that in the very beginning of this where you said, uh, you know, that people love to hate them. And right. I always think that's such an interesting concept and it's a very valid form of, you know, monetizing your person. Right. But at the same time, it is that dark thing of like, well, man, I, I want people to like me. Like, I mean, I, I want, you know, I'm like Melissa with Teresa. Like, why don't you like me? I want, right, I don't right. want people to hate watch or hate listen. I want people to listen because they like this, but it is interesting. You know, people truly are hate watching them now and how can you then monetize hate watching into the new decade, into a new, you know, like how can you springboard off hate watching? Usually you end with hate watching. That's where it ends. Right. Can they pivot from hate watching at any other point? And what could that possibly be? The The best thing that they do have is, you know, Skims is uh, what I hear a good product. Right. I don't think Kylie Lipkits are, but Skims are like, if right. they invest in good products, that can never be taken away from them. Well, it's interesting because like I, the only person that I really feel like I've, I've ever connected to, and this is why I love doing readings on celebrities sometimes because it was Kim. When I, every time I do a reading on Kim, I'm like, wait, why do I kind of like your energy? Especially when it comes to her uh, relationship with men, I feel like I relate a lot. And I feel like Kim, Kim's personality is very similar to mine in a lot of things that she does. And so for me, like one of the best things that I ever did when I started doing Kardashian readings was really dive into her energy because it made me respect her and understand her. Cause you know, we have an, a perception of her based off of the media, but me going into her energy was, I found her to be very likable and very respectful in her own way. Um, and a workhorse, which I really like. Um, and so I think their only way to survive moving forward is for them to break down the walls but i think that they've learned so much like how to protect those walls and keep those walls up and feed us what they want us to talk about rather than what is actually going on i don't know if they're no they're going to know how to do that yeah oh, you're right kim always seems to be the person that is very nice very you know like we'll do the work do it with a smile on her face. Every encounter I hear that people have with her, she's always very nice and stuff. But I do wonder, you know, it's like, listen, I feel like you have a talent. You have something that is like, okay, this is Aphrodite's talent. Right. You know, Kim's talent is what, it, you know, because, you know, we're not giving like, you know, maybe we're giving participation trophies for being right. nice now. But what is, you know, in this upcoming five years, what is that talent that she has that no one can take away. And I just keep coming back to products, but in terms of relationships, you know, you said you did the reading and you kind of, uh, understood, right. Uh, her, what, what is her pattern with men in your opinion? Well, to your first question, she's a clown, a modern day clown. Like we laugh at her. We, you know, get entertained by her, whatever that, that her, her entire business model is a modern day clown. And it is a talent to be that shameless. So for me, that's kind of how I see her and her family is like where they're in, they're a dunk tank and we're throwing tomatoes and then we're hitting the target and she falls in the dunk tank and she signed up for that. That's kind of what I see because, you know, people would crowd around for the dunk tank and throw things and when you're at a carnival, that's what you're doing and that's just who she is. You know, is it really you know, my typical idea of talent? No, but I guess there is some talent to being that shameless. As far as her dynamic with men, um, for me, I see her as someone that is, when she loves someone or cares someone, she wants to protect them at all costs. And even if that's at the detriment of herself. Um, and so for me, I think that's been her problem in every relationship she's had, where maybe you don't perceive it as her protecting them, but in her mind, she is um, because I think for her, she's learned through uh, being in the industry for so long that if I want to hide something, I have to give you something. So when a story comes out about a guy or about her, you should be thinking, what is the story she didn't want them to know? 
and why did she give them that story instead? That's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing too. I, we, we just had it. We came off the tail end of succession and I keep playing around this thing in my head of the real succession now is who's going to succeed Chris Jenner. You know, is, is Kim going to come in there? Is Chloe, you know, it's like Kylie might be angling for it. I mean, I think it's obviously going to be Kim, it's but Kim. is this kind of, yeah, obviously she's, you know, and I keep thinking about that scene when Kim's going to eventually tell Chris, like her day is done. Like yeah. I got the family now. And I, I think that's the kind of Shakespearean tragedy that is like this is this family's headed for but also what a what a uh, speaking towards persistence i mean i yeah. remember her doing like the tummy tea ads and look at her now like i mean yeah. persistence pays off well, and being shameless in a way okay let's go back a little bit let's not deny that other people didn't legitimate legitimize her like she had well, a lot of help Mr. from West, lot, yes she had a lot of help from a lot of other people kanye west a ton of other people did help legitimize her star so it's not like she did everything just solo on her own that's the one thing i will say she had a lot of help from a lot of other people especially to get into things like the met gala so but was that smart on her part that couldn't have been dumb luck that was her potentially picking the right horses at the right time i don't think it was just smart on her part i think it was smart on their part i think it was a mutually beneficial exchange uh, have you ever pulled cards on uh, anything of Mr. West struggles? A million times, a million times. There's so Is many videos on him. I genuinely think he's the type of person where he thinks in black and white. So for him, if someone did something to him, everyone like that is bad. That's kind of his mentality. I've been seeing that for years though. And I've been saying for years that I think there's something else going on. You know, I'm not a doctor, but there's definitely for years I've been saying this, like, my problem with Kanye West is he speaks in fragments and then other people put his pieces together and say that he said something that he never said. And then they claim he's a genius, but I'm like, he's not a genius. He just speaks in broken fragments and allows you to make what you want him to be. Yeah. And it drives me insane because I cannot stand the way he communicates because I, it's, I don't think he's intentionally being manipulative, but it is manipulative because I'm like, you think he said this, you think he said that, and you think he said this. But all of you are wrong. What he said is none of that. It was just pieces of a sentence with parts missing and you filled in the blank where you would want to fill in the blank. Yeah, we want to make people these kind of legendary stars and these geniuses. Like, we need that. It's weird how quickly we want idols and how much we make them this thing. And then they completely disappoint us, even though we're part of the process of making them. Um, uh, just, but in terms of like then Chloe and Tristan, Chloe she keeps seeming to go back to this guy. I mean, the, the, that's the other thing I think they're known for is really poor choices sometimes in relationships and believing in themselves internally because they keep making the same mistakes. Like a lot of us, Right. We do that in our lives as well. And I think that's fascinating is that a billion dollars is not going to prevent you from being stupid in your own personal life. Okay. Well, first of all, I have a, a different take with Chloe and Tristan. And this is something, and this is a defense to her, even though, you know, it is embarrassing. When you, <laughs> when you have a following, whether it's small or big, and I'm sure it's worse when, when you're at their level, but I can tell you from my own personal experience, it is very difficult to date. Okay. Because people get weird about it. Okay. And there's nothing you can do about it. It's a really long topic of conversation. I won't get into, but they get weird, uncomfortable, jealous, whatever. Just it's, it's, it's like an elephant in the room. And so in Chloe's defense, there are not a million people trying to date her. I promise you there are not. I do not think her options are as big as you think. You might think, oh, she's famous and rich. Who wouldn't want to be with her? A lot of people cannot handle someone in the public eye or even if they think they can, they get weird about it. So the only thing I will say is it's probably really easy for her to run back to something that's familiar when she's trying to be with other people and it doesn't work because her fame is in the way. Yeah.
I, I mean, yeah, I mean, she, and she's locked away in this Calabasas castle. Yep. Like, of course. I mean, you know, I, I totally agree with that. It just is interesting because then it's like you're trapped by the success that you craved in certain ways. Yep. And Tristan has this huge ego. He cheats on her. He still wants to like, yo, girl, you the one, though. Like, he's still pursuing her heavily. And I'm sure that's got to mess with your mind like anybody else. But it is one of those. Those are the things that I find fascinating that I feel like they don't really delve into on the show. Yeah. So it's up for people like us to have these kind of this is the conversation you have about them because they could have the conversation and they refuse to. I mean, when someone is persistent and and chasing you and you had something previously, they're going to unearth your feelings that you buried, period. Yeah. Um, okay, listen, this has been amazing. I could talk to you for hours and hours. And this is why this dude is online for hours and hours. Okay, the final thing is, mm-hmm. and I, I hesitate to do this, but the audience was like, tell can he tell, can he tell us something about me? Can me, can you do anything? Okay. Is there, or is this just uh, uncouth to ask? And I'm scared to ask because I don't want to find out that I'm a horrible, bad person. Is there, um, they just said, can you tell us something about Ryan or, or something for the future? I'll pull a few cards. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just, just a little uh, taste, a little, you something. remind me of Raquel and Tom Sandoval. And no, you know, people always seem to think that it's like, there's something like nefarious or crazy, but most of the time it's really just like a simple, like thing here oh see the mm, the things like this are so simple so it may not be something exactly about you but so the sun is reversed which is like someone who's not sort of in a, the best place the three of cups is reversed and the queen of cups too which is about someone that um sometimes doesn't always ask uh for help so some <laughs> That's nailed it. Well, nailed it. Yeah. So, so a lot of times, a lot of times when I pull things like this, this is for people who are overwhelmed or or frustrated or feeling isolated. And so, really, the only thing I need you to do is make sure that you're talking to people about the things that you want to talk about, connecting with the people that you care about. And to me, this is about reconnecting with someone specifically. There's someone here that you need to reconnect with, um, someone that you were super close with. I don't think that there's a problem, but I do think that it's there's been distance. And for me, there needs to be some sort of like come to Jesus, kumbaya, re- reigniting. Um, and this is something that will be happening pretty soon. Um, it's it. The Three of Cups tells me that it's kind of inevitable. Um, it's like sometimes someone introduces you to someone, bump into someone, makes you think of them, or sometimes you, know, you text someone who knows this person, whatever. But regardless, it does look like there's some sort of reconnection and a stronger bond between you and someone that you used to be closer to in the past. Anything about me being a successful billionaire or anything ah! just jumped out at you on that? Like, well, you know uh, what? I, you know what I say? If I pull something really quick and I don't see any issues when it comes to career or anything like that, usually that indicates status quo. Yeah. So um, that means you're doing pretty good. No, yeah, I, I'm actually, that's the one thing I'm I'm all right on. But um, yeah. Aphrodite, I mean, just truly, I hope I get to talk to you again. I mean, what, a, what a bright energy. Wait, do you believe in the afterlife? What, I know that's a really oh, big yes. question. I my, my mom's sick right now, and I, and I was just wondering, I keep thinking about that, and I was like, you seem like such a good energy. You know, do you believe in... Uh, that we go somewhere after i know that's such an insane question to end with no it's, no it's, no i love stuff like that no absolutely i do believe in afterlife i don't believe in hell i believe hell is earth um because i mean 
just really quickly when it comes to people who like, oh, we're burning in maternal damnation and we're tortured. There are people that are tortured for like seven years straight on earth. So if you were to tell them that hell is worse, they'd laugh in your face. Like there's nothing worse than what I experienced on earth, you know, with true crime and stuff like that. So for me, I don't believe in hell. I do believe in different layers of an afterlife where people are rehabilitated to go back with everyone else. Yeah. Um, and I believe that uh, we, I do believe in reincarnation, but I believe that it's a different part of us. That's part of a same bigger soul um, and one that is familiar with us, but not the us that we know. Um, uh, man, I love you, dude. Um, uh, so go subscribe to the YouTube, yes. go to his website, sign up for a reading. What are the dreams for you? Like, do you pull cards for yourself? I'm like, am I going to have a, uh, NBC TV show? Like, do you do that for yourself? Like, is that the dream? What is the dream for you at this point? Every year I try to work with production companies and every year I'm sure you're familiar. Things just <laughs> never work out. But, so you know, fun, isn't it? It's so fun. One day I would, one day I would love to have my own show. I think I would do good on an ensemble. I mean, I would love my own show, you know, with what I do with tarot, but I also think I'd work great with a cast. Um, and I, you know, and then I also hope one day I find love. So, you know, there's a lot of things that I would hope. I also would love to do something where I like go to haunted houses. I think me going to haunted, oh. houses, haunted places would be so much fun. So I speak it into existence. I know one day I'll have my own show. Um, hi, Bravo. Um, but, you know, you never know. <laughs> You never By know. the way, that so. would be what a great segment, a recurring segment on like Watch What Happens Live or something to have you come on or at like a reunion or something like that of like. And by the way, like Jen Aiden, they had like a, a teacup reader this on one of her parties yeah. on Jersey. You, you would blow these people, ladies. I mean, have you ever done a celebrities in person? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I have celebrity clientele. Um, I have done it in person. I've done it online. Yes. Uh, from oh. like influencer to B list to A list. I've done it all. So yeah. Well, I, I truly hope you'll come on again someday. And thank I'd you so to. much, Aphrodite. This was so great. And you guys, I'm going to put all that information in the show notes. You go support. You might already know him, but if you don't, he is your new obsession. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Wasn't he great, folks? Aphrodite, um, awesome. Listen, it is. Uh, I just finished watching Summer House Reunion Part Two. I th thank God. I thought there was going to be three parts, only two parts. Which there's something comforting about that because I don't know if I could have taken another week of that. Now I'll do a full recap over on the Patreon tomorrow night, but some thoughts off the top of my head is Andy at the very end made the most sense I've heard Andy make in forever. It's really, it's great when Andy steps up like that and kind of just explains something just truthfully and honestly. And I think we could all agree with that and just laying it all out there. I wish Andy would do that more at reunions saying, Hey, it, it's like a, it, it's almost like a kindergarten gardener. It's almost like a kindergartner, kindergarten teacher where they're just laying out facts. Like, do you understand? Are you, are you following what I'm saying? Do you understand Lindsay? Do you understand Danielle? Listen, the bedsore mafia is doing what they do best. Just, pouting that's mainly page i don't know like we we briefly mentioned page and craig i don't know i just for making that many faces i think you got to step up to the plate a little bit and have a storyline of your own eventually because it does get exhausting i don't care if you are a page fan but come on it's just no help and maya it was just completely overshadowed like i was sitting there thinking i'm like i don't know if i 
She didn't really share anything about Oliver on the show. We barely got in for any information now. And she even revealed that she didn't really share anything with Sierra until like, what was it, like a week after the show? Um, a week after that happened or something? It just, I'm like, wh- why? <laughs> I hate it, but I'm just like, why do we need Maya there? Like, she doesn't seem to be interested. In, I'm, I hope she's made some good friends. It seems like she has. That's good. Um, Corey came in, I guess, for like three sentences. Listen, I, I appreciate that this wasn't three parts, um, you know, and maybe if it was three parts, it would have given all of these other people some more kind of leeway. But, you know, and also you had the the Carl Kyle moment, which I thought, you know, Carl really well spoken tonight um, and really spoke his piece and was very apologetic for the mistakes that he's made. And he seems very um, willing and, and able to to try to make amends for that without being too upset. I mean, the the most upset he got was trying to still explain to Danielle that he was trying to do what would be special for his own engagement. Uh, You know, a very big moment in his life. And Danielle, she just kept using I statements. Well, I feel this and I did, you know, you, you know, it's, it just seemed a lot. And I, it is interesting because I can say this and still go away liking Danielle. I do like Danielle. Um, so it's one of those frustrating things. Now, it, it left on this note of hope at the end, but it's weird because I don't really feel like there is that hope because I paid attention on social media since this has been filmed. And and I don't know. I mean, sometimes you hate to watch this thing because you just get the sense of, come on, guys, don't we want to make a paycheck next summer? Let's all we can party together without being real friends. And I don't know. Like, I guess you legitimately you can. It's. It's doable, but do we want to see that? I think when there's something, when there's something real, when there's real relationships, we always talk about that. When there's real relationships, there's something to watch. And that's why when you have a fight like Lindsay and Danielle, it's based on a real relationship. So there's real stakes to it. And that's what makes it heartbreaking. And when they make up, that's what makes it fun. But if we go in there and we just know Paige, you know, Paige, Maya and Sierra uh, legitimately hate Lindsay. Uh, Amanda really played middle of the road tonight. And I will say, I really always like when Amanda will be like, Kyle, did you hear that? Why don't you go give Carl a hug? I like that. But at the same time, her facial reactions too were wild. Um, It's just frustrating. I really don't see a lot of movement on this. And I was saying last week on the recap on the Patreon, I I was like, I, I don't know if I can really see Lindsay and Carl coming back even though I think they would want to. But now I'm like, well, even if we get them out and Paige is there, Paige, Paige only woke up at the reunion. Paige wasn't really doing anything during the season. And if she's unwilling to share that relationship with Craig in the way that I think it deserves to be shared, you know, she's funny and entertaining, but I feel like there's a lot of funny, entertaining people there. It's a real dilemma. And I'm so curious, these conversations that are probably had behind the scenes with production. And I wonder if they do have these or they're just like, okay, we've got the the trains moving. Let's try to get them all back. That That's the kind of thing I, I wonder about. So listen, we got through the season. Oh, we got through the season. And I love Carl Psych. You know, hey, I, you know, Lindsay, I, I think we can do one more summer here before we get married and have a lot of fun. And it just, even to me, that red leg, come on, we, we can get one more paycheck out of this and then get married. 
I don't know, but I will say very impressed with Andy as uh, as a host in the very end. I thought that was just a great example of why Andy Cohen is excellent sometimes at his job. I don't mean sometimes like a, no, I'm just like it's really great when he steps up like that. Now, if you want, okay, this is perspective. You know, I watch Summer House. I'm like, ah, yeah, okay, at least it's over. But do you want to know what to do to make Summer House seem amazing? Watch Fox's Stars on Mars. That's right. Tonight was the premiere of Fox's Stars on Mars, which is a Fox new competition reality series where they try to simulate what it would be like to be fucking idiots. No, <laughs> what would it be like to live on Mars? And they've taken the 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 best of the best of our celebrities. That's right. Tom Schwartz from Vanderpump Rules. Uh, you had Portia from Atlanta. You had Marshawn Lynch, the football player. You had uh, McLovin, uh, Christopher Mintz-Plasse, who played McLovin in Superbad. You had uh, Natasha Leggero, the comedian, Ronda Rousey, the the UFC, or the, I don't know, one of the fucking boxers. Uh, listen, you know, William Shatner, the host, do you know William Shatner is in his 90s? He legitimately looks better than I do. It is frustrating. Um, he's hosting it, but I don't think he has any actual contact with these people because it's all through video. And they do these little challenges. What it would what it would like to survive on my I don't know who was smoking weed and just like was so high. I was like, what if we did a reality see I don't know. It's fine. It, it was what it was, but it was half of it seems so scripted to me and just kind of bit after bit, like bit. Like even when Schwartz came in, it was like Tom Schwartz, known for Vanderpump Rules and currently known for Scandaval. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, get that Scandaval. Get that Scandaval in there. Um I didn't, I just was kind of, I kind of got bored. Maybe I'm just tired, which is it was, uh, totally a possibility. So um, I'll, I'll try a second episode of that, but I wasn't too um, enthralled, as it were. Um, but hopefully you get back, who, who knows? I, I just thought, the, the thing I kept thinking, and even during Summer House tonight, was that, wow, everybody's getting paid here, aren't they? We're all getting, it, you know, the only the only people not getting paid is the audience watching. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like we deserve to be paid. So I just, I, I started zoning out and I'm like, okay, Schwartz said he had money issues. Well, he probably made a little money here, a little coin. So he should be fine by now. Like, that's what I, I just started thinking of like, that and then I was thinking about like what the like oh does Lance Armstrong need money like how's he doing like I just kept thinking about like what situation everybody was in financially that led them to do this that was where my mind wandered so but you what did you guys think did you did you enjoy it was it was it everything that you had hoped it would be um listen on to way better news we got news today that uh, we did it, Joe. We broke up Taylor Swift and Maddie Healy. Um, this is, you know, our long national nightmare is now over, folks. They are donezo. TMZ confirmed this this afternoon, and I know we were all so ecstatic and, and very happy. Now, DeMoss says, listen, this was just a fling, and it, and it was like that from the beginning. So we shouldn't have taken this too seriously to begin with. Taylor was just having fun. Um, so who knows what that is, but at least we don't have to worry about this. Now, this kind of arguably is probably the most negative press that Taylor Swift has gotten in her career. Would you agree with that? Would you agree that the most people that have had something to say about Taylor Swift 
in in regards to something negative has been about her relationship with the 1975 lead singer Maddie Healy. Now, I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago with uh, Emily Rose. It's become a whole thing is her podcast. And she, you know, made a list of everything that Maddie Healy has said and done that is just wildly, insanely offensive. So they are done. Um, I wonder who Taylor now, by the way, that when I saw that too, I was like, oh no, now we have to suffer through all the memes of huh, who will Taylor do? Hey, what about Taylor and Pete Davidson? <laughs> what are that? Hey, what about Taylor and Tom Sandoval? We're going to see a lot of memes like that. So just prepare yourself. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, I don't know when you have that much responsibility on your shoulders, who knows what that was about. I'm sure she'll write a whole album about her, their two week affair. Uh, we predicted this on so bad. It's good on Monday's episode with Sophie Ross. I said, I think they're done. And it turned out once again, that Ryan Bailey was correct about something, not in his own life, but in pop culture. And I'm, I'm just clinging to that. So desperately, who knows if we'll find out anything more, but I would under, I think Maddie Healy will probably make some sort of weird drunken statement at some point. Um, and, and like I said last week, I was like, maybe Taylor just did this so she could break this dude's heart. And, you know, he'll just walk around just like stunned for the next year. Who knows? Um, let's see what, what other news is happening today? Uh, Kardashians always in the news. Who cares about that? Oh, this is insanely sad. I, did you guys, I don't know if you guys were fans of the Netflix show bling empire. Um, they just had a couple of seasons. It has been canceled, but, um, you know, I enjoyed the, it's the same producer of Selling Sunset, you guys. But today we had the horrible news that uh, one of the, the main characters on this was uh, heiress Anna Shea. Uh, she was 62 years old and she uh, she passed away from a stroke unexpectedly um, on Monday. And uh, the statement says, It saddens our heart to announce that Anna Shea, a loving mother, grandmother, charismatic star, and our brightest ray of sunshine, has passed away at the early age of 62 from a stroke. Anna taught us many life lessons on how not to take life too seriously and to enjoy the finer things. Her impact on our lives will be forever missed but never forgotten. And, you know, she was a billionaire heiress whose parents accumulated their riches in the arms and defense technology trade. Um, she was the wealthiest of the cast members on Bling Empire, and she was known for her sharp one-liners, and she was a she was a fan favorite. I really, really enjoyed her. Um, it, it, this made me very sad to, uh, to read, and I hope... Uh, you know, I, I hope, uh, you know, my thoughts, thoughts and prayers, <laughs> thoughts and prayers out to her friends and family. Cause this, uh, this is just one of those things you're like, Oh my goodness. It's horrible. I, I, I hate to, to see any news like that. So, uh, also you can find those first couple of seasons of bling empire on Netflix. They are still there. So, uh, check that out to support. She was a star on, on those shows. Um, Let's see. Is there anything else? I, I don't know why I'm keeping you guys. I feel like there's something else that we need to talk about. But listen, as we always say, we can talk about this on Wednesday. I have a great guest on Wednesday. I think you're going to love them. Um, and uh, that's it. I hope you guys are, are okay. I feel I've just felt so off today. And I hope you guys are feeling better than I am. But, uh, you know, we live to fight another day. And I will talk to you guys on Wednesday. And remember, Wednesday will be the finale of... 
Vanderpump rules. So I look forward to that. Bye, guys. Betches.